0: Welcome to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your co-host, Morgan Wack, and I'm here with the radioactive Eddie Matthews. Eddie, how are you doing?
1: <laughs> Pretty good. Just Imagine Dragons going off in my head now.
0: <laughs> that was the first term that came to mind when I thought of what we were doing just now, which is probably why people hate nuclear energy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: N- nuclear. It's because
0: of Imagine Dragons is what I'm getting at. <laughs> nuclear.
1: Why were we mm. having trouble saying that word earlier? What's the other it's way? The, nuclear energy. Nuclear.
0: Yeah, there's something about it that's. I think the the vowels are are not always uh, easy to pronounce there. But uh, yeah, what are we talking about? Today? Nuclear well, nuclear energy.
1: Shout out to my friend JJ. Um, I was talking to him the other day, and we were talking about um, I don't know politics and that guy's like
0: super a big fan of like Iran's nuclear enrichment program right is that the guy
1: yeah and uh we were talking about just being just being Bernie bros essentially you know just regretting that regretting that this country didn't have the cojones to elect Bernie Sanders you know even though we all voted for him at least you and me and uh Anyways, we were talking about our political stances, and he's like, "One one place where I deviate from the uh, progressive left is on nuclear energy." He's like, "Super pro nuclear," and I was like, "Oh, that's an interesting stance." I, and then I looked more into it, and it seems like to reach our clean energy uh, climate goals to combat climate change, by well, Biden has goals by twenty thirty five, but you know there's projections that if we keep on the trajectory we're on by 2050 this planet's going to be like nearly it's going to have large unlivable uh places on it that are currently livable um
0: arizona am i right
1: (laughs) arizona has been unlivable for (laughs) a long long time so um, and it's not even because of the heat. But um yeah, so I, I thought that that was a curious thing. And then when I looked more into it and did a little research, it kind of seems like a salient position, uh being pro-nuclear, even though it means uh building costly nuclear reactors, um, you know, the kind of danger that can uh present itself if their conditions are uh wildly, you know, risky and uh unlucky, right? So it's like like way more
0: supervillains, right? Like at least at least three times as many supervillains if I if the movies are to be believed, if we invest in nuclear technologies.
1: Yes. And I don't know if you know anything about like
0: comics the but pod- like half a superhero's got their powers from like falling into a vat of nuclear waste at some point in time
1: yes and you can't hear it on the audio version of this podcast but i am rolling my eyes but it's not because of that comment it's it's because i have some uh, hair stuck in them but anyways well, it's,
0: it gets at the nuclear like I think fear of, like, the 60s, 70s, and 80s is, like, why all these supervillains were created with nuclear power. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: I'm saving it. Yeah, I'm yeah, rolling eyes we'll over there. Yeah, we we'll to save it. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, obviously, um, Chernobyl was terrifying. I watched the HBO series fairly it's recently. A good, it's a
0: really good show, yeah.
1: Six weeks ago. That's, and it's very good. Scared the bejesus out of me. (laughs) Um, But even in light of that catastrophe, once you learn more about it, you learn how crazy unlikely it was because they pretty much like every decision that could have been made wrong was in a series of like 25 straight decisions. (laughs) Uh, So it just seems very unlikely that that series of events would occur at, um, you know, a nuclear reactor, certainly in the U S where there's so much regulation. Um, And so it's not like, it doesn't seem like that what happened to Chernobyl is a worthy enough um, obstacle, you know, just as, as a, as a uh, worthy enough deterrent i should say to all of the clean energy that is produced by nuclear energy if that makes sense where do you come at from this uh did you know a lot about this topic before or do you have a stance before were you swayed by any of the material you read
0: so i didn't do a ton of research this only because i know a, a decent bit about this debate and nuclear energy
1: geez brag alert
0: <laughs> Dude, I, I, yeah, I keep current, bro. I keep current. Uh no, I think the the you brought up a lot of the key points. I think the main thing I would emphasize is not necessarily that nuclear energy is super safe or that it's like crazy renewable. It actually is not like technically a renewable resource because you do need inputs, but it's just way way less inputs than things like coal. The problem or the the key thing is that it it's comparable to what we would alternatively be using, which is like coal fired energy. It's way safer. It's not even close. It's not a contest. It's ridiculously safe compared to the alternative. Um, Even by the most optimistic projections, we won't be able to power the world fully with renewable resources. So you will need some sort of alternative. And if the alternatives are between coal or fracking or nuclear, I'm a huge proponent of nuclear energy. Um, I think that I was listening to uh, Derek Thompson's podcast and this guy came on who, I apologize, I'll put his name in the show notes because I don't know off the top of my head, but he had two key facts that I thought were fascinating. Um, One, well, terrifying, but fascinating at the same time. One of them was that 8.2 million people die a year from just air pollution alone from non-renewable resources that would not happen with nuclear so that's already like so many more people than have ever died from nuclear accidents it's not even close just for one single year and that's co- like if if you were to upscale the amount of nuclear energy it still wouldn't be anywhere close to that per year just not the case and in places like i think it was delhi uh, new delhi um in india every individual person's life is reduced by 10 years because of air pollution so in places like that it's it's, in, it's incredible how just terrible our current energy practices are for our health. Um, and I think we're only, like recently, within the last 10 years or so, really getting a handle on how bad it is for us to be breathing in air that's polluted with that coal-powered uh, energy. And so I think when you look at it that way, it's really not a contest. I think the, the main kind of arguments against it that we can get into are like the ability like not nuclear non proliferation so like nuclear weapons how likely is it that people can use nuclear enrichment programs to develop nuclear weapons which is obviously a concern and then secondly um like what are the potential like non the unknown unknowns down the line of like if we invest in something this crazy but i also think at least the second one of those could be spun as a positive so we can we can chat about that um the other thing i wanted to we can talk about as well is like why people find nuclear energy so scary and that gets at some of the kind of modern fears mixed with some good 70s nostalgia and some some super go <laughs> So,
1: Yeah. Well, it's a pretty, um, I guess I didn't realize the magnitude that we have to turn this boat around in terms of where we get our energy. Um, according yeah. to the Environmental and Energy Study Institute, 80% of the world's energy and this uh, stats quoted in how do you s- say the name Kurz, I think
0: it's kurgsats but
1: there you go they did, uh know. we'll put the we'll put it in the show notes they do kind of a great um 10 minute debrief on this uh, topic and this kind of debate but um, so I eighty. Think this is one of, of the I, I
0: interestingly, this is one of the more divisive videos they've ever put out. Like a lot of the fans on like the Kruger Reddit, like didn't like this video at all because they <laughs> are like afraid of nuclear energy and stuff, which is all the nerds.
1: Yeah. Uh, so eighty percent of the world's energy comes from fossil fuels. That number goes down a little bit in the U.S., but still seventy-four percent in the U.S. According to EESI, so that's like a crazy majority
0: a that of we fossils have man. to lot of fossils how come we don't man? have way cooler fossils if we've got all this fossil fuel <laughs> like we should have museums full of just a badass dinosaurs everywhere
1: <laughs> yeah i wish i had the um know how to put in like cricket sounds into <laughs> the audio here <laughs> after all of these puns any hoozle um yeah, we have to we have to do a lot to take 74% to 0 in the next I mean, what? 13 years? That's the goal.
0: Well, I think if you go back and listen to our episode on climate change, we did a pretty good job not giving into climate doomerism, which I think is uh, unhelpful personally, which we talked about.
1: Yeah, um, and I would never do that
0: but uh yeah i mean it's a it's a massive problem it's not going to end the world uh but it's going to make things less less uh, great than they are now well and, and the other
1: then, tricky thing yeah. i guess in in favor of in favor of nuclear power the tricky thing with these uh renewable resources is obviously a lot of them are seasonal so you can't necessarily predict yeah you can predict but the wind's not going to blow all the time that you're going to need energy the sun's not you know in the sky we're also coming at this from a
0: u.s like centric perspective where the u.s just happens to have like pretty good like available uh wind and solar opportunities which is like not the case for lots of countries there are many countries obviously there are like countries where it's like you can't do you know water-based renewables but there's also a lot of countries that just don't get wind which is like a thing Um, yeah sure It's like, you can put all the windmills you want in the world if it's just not windy, that's not super helpful. Um, And so it's just not possible for everyone as well.
1: Yeah, totally. So I think um, there's, uh, I mean, right now, so even in a country that has infrastructure and the, uh, yeah, climate that is conducive for these renewable energy sources, it's still only a fraction of uh, the energy that we're putting out, right? Um, so I think the this New York Times article says that fifty percent of our clean energy right now is nuclear, um, and that's after you know a process of decommissioning, de-commissioning yeah, yeah. for years ten the last ten years or so. Um, and that's where
0: we actually do have some like local insight because the yeah. power plant uh, where we're from has been shut down. Although Governor Newsom has said he's reconsidering uh, opening it back up in light of the kind of shut off of gas from and. Coal power from Russia. So that could be reversed. That was like within the last couple months. Um just a, a quick pointer for all you people out there starting nuclear power plants in the future. I don't care if the place <laughs> is named after the devil. Don't name your <laughs> nuclear power plant after the devil. It's already yeah, dealing with a lot of uh <laughs> a lot of publicity <laughs> crises. I don't care if the canyon is named Diablo Canyon. Don't call it that. Call it like Sunflower Canyon nuclear power plant or something. Honestly, yeah. I think that the whole nuclear power plant industry needs to pivot away from nukes at all in the title. They need to call it like synthesis-based power or yeah. something. I don't know why they decided like, hey, you know those like bombs that went off? Let's name the power that we're going to produce that's like related, but not the same. That exact thing that everyone is super afraid of and has to watch black and white videos of a turtle hiding under a desk about. That seems like a great idea. So that's just a, just a-, a pointer for publicists out there. Not, not a great one that's such an excellent point
1: was public relations not invented in the 60s yet <laughs> like
0: i feel like it was the opposite they were like you remember how badass it was when we dropped that bomb like imagine the energy potential <laughs> like so it was like very poorly thought out i don't know why they yeah it doesn't make any sense to me um like wind power people don't call it like giant like slice <laughs> giant uh cheese grater in the sky like they just like you know, wind. This is pretty chill. And even yeah, cold people are like, they're like, "Oh, fracking. That sounds not that bad." But really, they're like, "Oh, we're drilling under your house and polluting your your water." They they didn't call it that, so mm. bad bad branding.
1: Yeah. Wow. That really need that that would solve the problem. Just like rebrand it, would, it and then would definitely <laughs> Americans are like, you ask the Americans, "Are you are you against energy synthesis?" They're like, "No." and they're like oh great and then they just like PowerPoint. they
0: need somebody from like Kmart who's been laid off or something to be like put together something where it's like revealing like a sale on some sort of new summer outfit where they we just rebrand the entire nuclear industry this is why have you heard like so Greta Thunberg who I think's name I'm pronouncing correctly is like really anti-nuclear which is probably her most divisive issue amongst the left because there's like the old school Uh, leftists mostly european leftists are pretty against nuclear power for these exact reasons it's it's like just seen as like a unsustainable because it has the potential for these crises and because chernobyl was so close to europe it's sort of like why you know the ukraine situation is getting more attention than than some of the stuff in other parts of the world um but i think you can see that in one of our favorite shows i think is like dark like i'm i understand why people from germany are so afraid of nuclear which they are they really don't like nuclear power, although they're having to roll back some of the decommissioned plants that they've done in the last few years. Um, But if you watch that show, it's like even today, nuclear paranoia is like crazy high, even though most countries have totally pivoted away. And that's why I, so before I forget, I think one of the main points I want to make is even if you, so if you compare the statistics of like the energy production and you compare the statistics of, you know, the safety levels of nuclear, it wins by a lot. But the point is that if you actually invested in nuclear, like we have with renewable energy sources, you would see improvements and new technologies come out that make it even safer and even more efficient. The fact that we haven't, we're just sustaining nuclear power plants that were built in the 60s and 70s, just means that we, the nuclear power started off on a huge kind of Pedestal ahead of a lot of these other resources. If you were to actually invest new money and technology and R and D in nuclear energy, it almost guaranteed that the costs would drop of how much it costs to build these power plants, and that the technologies would get better at kind of refining their use. And uh, yeah, so that's that's one of the things that I think gets lost in this is that it's not just that we're not investing in nuclear and we're not using it as an alternative. We're not even seeing what the potential of nuclear is to some kind of sustain power in a, in a sustainable way, but which is frustrating.
1: Yeah, that's true. And there's already been kind of innovations to make nuclear energy at a smaller scale with less production costs. Right. So. Yeah. They're not being, um, you're not having to have, you know, miles of land and the huge, when we think of the nuclear power plants, you know, like the huge dumps and all that stuff. So making, uh,
0: I forget i forget what they're called like but they're the simpsons like i think like, the simpsons version of the power plant is like what everyone pictures in their mind right like <laughs> yeah you know, homer some idiot running the like controls this blows up every 10th episode
1: yeah so i think um basically uh there's and it's mentioned in this new york times article new scale power which is a company uh building this product
0: See, they didn't um, call themselves nuclear something. New scale power, much better. These people have a public Much sense. better.
1: <laughs> yeah, much better. <laughs> um, so they're saying like they would offer electricity at a competitive price to, you know, natural gas facilities and um, do it at a fraction of the cost that it would take, you know, to build a whole nuclear reactor. And, you know, you'd have to build more of them, but you could have locations like anywhere like the zoning wouldn't have to be for acres 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 to, acres to kind of do this thing. Um, so yeah, it's really interesting to see, uh, this debate kind of happen. Um, and for there to be some, you know, bipartisanship in our, at least in our Congress, uh, around it. I know there's a bill, um, going through the Senate and the, you know, Feinstein changed her opinion on this, um cory booker is working with a senator from i believe it is south carolina to put a bill through so yeah i think the the critics uh one of whom is arnie gunderson
0: i'm telling you that the europeans do not like nuclear power have you come across arnie gunderson morgan he sounds very swedish but i i don't know who
1: that is He's the chief engineer of Fair Winds Energy Education, a nonprofit uh-huh. organized focused on the perils of nuclear power. Well, he's to in New the York pocket Times. of Big
0: Wind, huh? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh, he's quoted as saying in this article, uh, "I will shut up and retire." Here's a, Here's a challenge for you, listeners: Kit, <laughs> Arnie Gunderson, uh, you know, call him on his promise to shut up and retire. If you can show a nuclear plant that was built at cost and on schedule, well,
0: wow, isn't that the so? That's, like many projects. Yeah, probably. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I guess his point is that they always come in way over the estimate uh, of the cost. So there's well, that's um, the
0: there was a good podcast episode on this on the Daily about why that's the case for nuclear, and it's is exactly what we were talking about earlier. It's because we have no investment in nuclear power since like the 80s. And so there's no existing infrastructure or like groups of people or companies in the US that know how to build power plants because we haven't done it. It's a very specific thing. You have to make them with certain safety protocols. And so, yeah, that's probably the case because we need to have the kind of knowledge built in where we have a few built, where we then figure out what works, figure out how to build them at costs. So I'm not sure I buy Gunderson's argument there. Bring him on the pod. Bring it, Gunderson. <laughs> see what, see what you got.
1: <laughs> Yeah. So I guess, I guess there's this um, company in South Carolina that went bankrupt trying to um, put a nuclear uh, mm-hmm. power plant together. Uh, it was the Senator uh, Shelley Moore Capito, for, re- Republican of West Virginia. That was the one um, I was thinking of with, and Cory Booker uh, from okay. New Jersey
0: putting together i wouldn't think that
1: they would yeah well so so her point is that a lot of these coal-fired power plants can be converted to uh nuclear power plants and Mm -hmm. you know save jobs and keep jobs in the in her state and you know produce uh, cleaner energy
0: i think that's her angle nice interesting yeah
1: um it seems like you know for our grandchildren's sake it's something that we have to do right yeah yeah i would think um, i mean it's, it's
0: one of those things where it's it's not an end-all be-all but it's just seems like a, once you actually go through it seems like kind of a no-brainer as long as you can build it in like a safe way which not every country can um so maybe it's, it's not it's not a solution that's going to solve everything but it's definitely better than just sustaining coal-fired power plants for the next 100 years and watching us all melt so
1: yeah well the point that the um the video was making like kirk's aunt, was use it as a stopgap, yeah. right until we can get the infrastructure and uh you know we can harness ocean waves uh, to make yeah. energy like properly at scale so sure. like, until we can get sure. the renewable resources at scale we use uh, you know, nuclear energy to kind of us time.
0: Ironically, I think it's, it's almost the exact opposite of what happened in the 50s and 60s where Russia was threatening. And so we kind of got afraid of nuclear energy because of nuclear weapons and things. Russia's invasion of Ukraine has, at least in Europe, kind of forced people to realize that their reliance on Russian gas and oil is not super sustainable. And so that's like renewed a kick in investment in nuclear energy. So it's almost like the the reverse uh, Uno card here. And I think that is somewhat kind of pushing the shift that we've seen even just recently, the the tide is turning on kind of support for nuclear energy. So that's, I think a good thing. Uh, I think the thing we haven't really talked about, which is I think the main concern is like nuclear proliferation. Um, And I will say, I. I have a very poor sense as to how difficult it is to go from a regular nuclear power plant to a fully capable nuclear enrichment facility with nuclear technologies. I have a feeling it's hard, but not as hard as you'd want it to be, which is concerning. But I also think that most of the countries that are up to no good on this are already up to no good like most things <laughs> yeah. the countries that are yeah. like, like that want nukes as a deterrent to like the global superpowers already kind of know how to make nukes and like have invested in these technologies. It's not like like there are countries sitting around that are like I really want to nuke I bet like if we just had the formula because that's not really how things work today. But uh yeah, I know we can have a whole nother if people are curious about that in more depth, we could bring somebody on. I have a friend who's more of an expert on nuclear non-proliferation. So we could we could bring him on to discuss. Yeah. Wow. Um that was his master's degree. It was called nuclear non-proliferation, which is pretty sweet sounding. Opposite of if you're trying to sell the technology. If you want your masters to sound cool, make it as scary as possible. <laughs> it's the opposite strategy.
1: <laughs> That's how you survive in academia. <laughs> um yeah so i feel like uh i don't know i mean obviously it produces nuclear waste that uh, does not biodegrade <laughs> so that's could be a problem if if there was a lot more nuclear reactors figuring out where to house this nuclear waste that is uh, not going to go away for thousands of years but
0: I, I think know. we also didn't, we didn't really touch on like Fukushima or like, uh, know, yeah, like some of these if, big cases. I think it's just a case of these things when they happen, they're really terrible and they are very visibly bad. But if you actually look at the like damage done and the death toll, while horrible, is still again like nowhere near as bad as coal, which just kills people every single day all over the world. Um, so it's like, yeah, the, totally. would you rather have a silent, like persistent killer that's just gonna like slowly mow people down or would you rather have like like kind of like terrible events that are way less catastrophic in total but are really bad when they happen and I think some people would choose the former because it's less like visibly terrible but if you are any way utilitarian it seems like the, the latter is the way to go.
1: I don't know if you have to be utilitarian you just have to be more devoted to the facts of the situation than the feeling of the scariness of the...
0: Uh, dude my facts don't uh, care about your feelings is that what we should
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on no 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 um so yeah about the fukushima thing i mean obviously there's there are earthquakes in california but um it's not like a magnitude you know seven earthquake isn't taken into account when they're building these facilities in the
0: us yeah. you know and especially like, if they were built to build them today i mean they we have a better yeah. sense of what the risks are you know?
1: so i just feel like with the proper oversight and regulation that uh it would be safe even in the midst of a uh, fire season or earthquake season
0: i just think like maybe like yeah if we invested a ton sure there'll probably be one or two accidents but if that is like the cost versus like, yeah, the alternative, which is just so much worse. I think it's just a quick calculation that shows that it's it's worth it. But it's a hard sell to be like, yeah, there's gonna be a catastrophe probably at some point, but it's just gonna be not as bad as you're breathing every day outside. Right. Um,
1: yeah, well. That about does it on my end for this nuclear energy debate. I'm, I think I'm pretty pro-nuclear. Uh, I don't know. Do you have any other input on this
0: uh, topic? Dude, so you're in the pocket of like big isotope or what? <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite thing to just, when you want to like, and people really use it like in, in politics, they just add big before whatever you do and it just makes you seem like such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's great. Oh, you're in the pocket of big academia, like uh, big research, dude? Like
1: Yeah, it's not good to be in anybody's pocket in Washington.
0: No, no you never want to be in someone's pocket. And it's even Uh-oh. worse than be like, oh, you in their front pocket. That's even worse. It's like you can see out the front, but you still I've, allowing kind of, them. I've kind of wondered why there aren't
1: more John McCain's in the uh, in Congress who kind of just they're the maverick, they kind of go their own way, they're unpredictable. They don't always just tilt the party line, you know. But I feel like he was such a distinct case because he was a war hero. And he would just get elected, you know, every session because of how his how well known his story was and how like courageous he is as a as a person. And I don't feel like that's replicable for anybody else. Like I feel like everybody else has to make concessions and they have to like bargain with people and they have to compromise. In some respects,
0: not, not Ernie Gunderson. He put his job on the
1: line. The <laughs> tire. <laughs> yeah, true. Ernie Gunderson. He's he's the last of a dang breed.
0: Ernie Gunderson for the Senate. That's what I say.
1: Yeah. Next time we drive out to uh, Diablo and Avila Beach, I wonder if we're going to come across Ernie Gunderson with a protest uh, sign. It is
0: a bummer that. Okay, so that plant. It would have been cool if it shut down only because they were going to make it all hike hiking like land, which would have been nice. But I get that we need to power. Like,
1: yeah, uh, if you want to become radioactive.
0: I was like, oh, you on the side of big nature, bro?
1: <laughs> no. So this is my point: is like that's obviously a joke, but there's a part of my brain being like, wait a second, nuclear <laughs> shutdown facility, and I'm gonna. And this is the rebranding thing. It's like I wouldn't, my kids wouldn't have that thought if it wasn't nuclear energy. If it was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Synthesis energy. <laughs> like anything. Well, else this is
0: but... why this is why, like, I think like decades and decades of like not even purposeful propaganda against nuclear in the form of like comic book villains and like the Simpsons with like the fish with three eyes and the lake near the power plant. Like uh, these sure, things are just like sure. so ingrained in culture that like nuclear energy has these negative effects. But really, it should be like every time every show has anything to do with like coal powered. Like, when there's, like, cars driving down the road, they should have similarly, like, appalling visuals that make it known. The problem is that they're so specific with nuclear that, the like, the things that can happen are so specific, they stand out in our minds, even though they're way less common and, like, just usually not not as uh, catastrophic. But, yeah, I think we solved nuclear. Just send this up to Biden. We'll, we'll get it passed. Don't worry.
1: No, he's got COVID right now, so he's not taking taking emails.
0: By the time by the time we get this produced he he'll, he'll be over it, I hope so
1: that's true that's yeah. true yeah. Um, should we vamp? You go
0: to, yeah vamp corner this is where
1: oh to my understanding vamping is when you're you're on stage about to go on but you're mm-hmm. you're not your lead singer isn't ready to play the first song and so it's like gotcha. vamp like stall and so you're up there and you're just kind of like okay. you know, that's playing good. your instruments playing a beat.
0: Because to me, it sounded like something to do with vampires, but maybe I'm just not cool. <laughs> so, But yeah, I have no, a good story for your vamp session today. I've got a good story for the fans today, I think. So you can see me right now because we're doing this on Zoom, but uh, I got a, an absolutely horrible haircut <laughs> right now. I'm basically bald. And essentially what happened was I went to the barbershop and I have a very specific barber here in, in Johannesburg that I had gone to. Shut down apparently in the last couple years. Pandemic took out my bar. Ah. Unfortunate. So I'm like, oh, I just find another place. I just literally need a trim, like, you know, take a little off the top. Classic.
1: Yeah, I'm going Go to do that uh, on uh, Monday.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, like shoe sizes which are different all over the world for no apparent reason, because they're the same shoe. You just have to label four different types of sizes for some reason, because nobody coordinated. That's apparently that is the same way with razors, razors in South Africa and Europe you know, are different sizes than the ones in the U S. Huh. So when I went in and I was like, they're like, what do you want? And I had remembered very specifically what the one my barber in Seattle had told me, he's like, Oh, you like the four, three, two, yeah. four on the top three, and then fade into a two. And I was like, Oh, give me the four, three, two comes in with a four, immediately I'm bald. <laughs> it's like barely four. It was like like maybe a couple centimeters. I have no idea how there could be three levels below what I got. Right. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. They might have like just incredibly fine grained. Like what does it go up to? It must go up to like 50 here because like my hair is crazy short. Uh anyway, so this is just a warning out to to everyone out there if you're trying to get your haircut, at least in South Africa and I think other parts of Europe. Don't go with the sizes. Show them a photo. Don't wing it uh, to any random barber on the street because you'll end up looking like uh, like Mr. Potato Head. So I actually oh, you don't look
1: like
0: you don't look. I bought that a hat. And, uh, the hat you looks, just look like older. Uh, <laughs> it it's fine. It it was it was very much not what I wanted, which makes it in my mind look much worse. But it's it's you know it, whatever. My hair grows pretty quickly, so it'll be fine. <laughs>
1: yeah. um well i don't know how i'm gonna top that fascinating story
0: well you're gonna have to get a really shit haircut tomorrow on purpose
1: (laughs) yeah i know i know um well we're gonna we're gonna come back to you listeners with a mid-season f1 pod me and morgan have been following the season closely um so we're really excited about that i've been reading a lot of murakami um if as uh, needs any book recommendations, I highly, highly recommend uh, "The Elephant Vanishes" by Haruki Murakami, um, Japanese short story writer and novelist. Um, he does such a phenomenal job at just connecting with his subconscious and creating these bizarre stories on the page that emanate from it, and then it connects with our subconscious in a way that I can't really explain really well other than to just you know tell you to read one of his stories and you'll kind of just feel it Um, we should do it on the
0: pod we should should, I know you wanted to send me one of the shorter ones and I can read it we can can oh
1: yeah that'd be great so maybe we'll do a Murakami pod in the future I just finished a novel of his by called uh, Kafka on the Shore and loved it I just uh yeah Murakami I'm just uh give me give me it all like I just, I enjoy, do you have anything like that where you're just like, I'm in for anything that is produced by this person or this, like just, I'll read every book. I'll, you know, I'm
0: That's a good on. question. That's a good question. I think, yeah. It doesn't have to be a an couple, author.
1: It just, you know. I'm trying to think there are a
0: couple of podcasts that I have that like are pretty infrequent where I'm like, I'm going to listen even if the topic isn't that interesting because I think you, like these people are interesting um and so the way they come out the issues are really good I think there's some musicians who I'm like oh, at least like if they put something out I'm gonna listen to it regardless like definitely gonna give it a listen I think um people like still woozy who doesn't put out a ton Tenny who's a, like a Nigerian artist pretty much everything she puts out is interesting mm-hmm. um Andy Matthews obviously all the books uh you gotta start like uh promoting your book Release. I think we're like getting close enough to it where you can actually start like being like, Hey, this book is Uh, I'll
1: talk about it it next next pod.
0: Okay. Okay. We'll keep it in Um, suspense. Until next time, Rash listeners, give us uh your feedback. We're always happy. We we're on the lookout for some good new episodes. So let us know.
1: Yeah, most of our greatest ideas come from our listeners. So reach out out to us.
0: We're gonna have to have another uh like re- listener questions episode soon because we got so many, so <laughs> many
1: questions. Today. Yeah, let's do another one of those. The first one we did was all the
0: questions were really real. That was actually one of our, my favorite episodes that we've ever done. So, yeah, we should do that again. Uh, yeah. All right. Adios Rational listeners. Peace out. Peace.